Welcome to Machine Learning. Uh, so this morning, just kind of recapping, uh, just some thoughts, random thoughts, I guess. Uh, if you've been following me, this uh, been really busy at work and uh, basically doing uh, restful work and. Uh, PowerScript, and I really like PowerScript because it's so moldable, and I can isolate, and I can uh, just make do some coding changes and hit run. And it's very much like Python, um, but uh, a little bit more syntax. It's a little bit heavier on the syntax, but it does have pipes, and I really like the pipe methodology that Microsoft introduced. And I think in the long run. Uh, that's going to be a winner uh, because you can just, you know, you need some transformation to occur, so you, you pass it to a pipe and then you get a JSON string out. Or if you need to output HTML or something, you can do a pipe. If you, if you want to build a custom function, you build a function. And so assembly to, to work with data is really quick. I can do a lot of different transformations. I've got looping structures. I can uh, I don't know if you could build your own pipe. That would be kind of interesting to uh, have a conditional branch and then based on that conditional branch, uh, uh, pipe to two different processes. Uh, something to definitely think about and learn more uh, about PowerScript programming. And uh, I was you know, looking at it originally I remember uh, kind of dabbling in it, uh, in the basics, uh, a couple of years ago, and then really kind of using it to, to do some work. And now I, I rely on it uh, more than I do Python. And Python can do the exact same thing. Uh, it's it, it has the same capability. I could have set it up all in Jupyter Notes and, or Jupyter Labs. And, um, and uh, and run those scripts, but uh, I kind of I kind of feel like I, I want to not get too far away from the Microsoft camp. Microsoft and business is very uh, solid, and uh, um, Python and business I'm not sure yet. I, you know I think Python and academics definitely. Uh, but as far as Python and business, I think it's starting to move that way as more developers become available in Python and they realize the power of Python to do the work. So it's definitely worth the investment to learn Python. It's a huge language. Um, even the beginner level is like 1,200 pages. And I'm in the process now of uh, writing a book on machine learning for business. And I've, you know, I've been taking the, the things that I, I think are important, like NLP uh, classifiers, you know, uh, trying to find uh, uh, important words in, in the context, uh, uh, finding associative sentences or, or paragraphs, things like that, where, you know, you can find correlation. So maybe one person says something over here that could correlate to something over there. And uh, 
And so building kind of a recommendation tree based on what people are saying. But I would like to learn how to build a NLP summarization algorithm. And that's the new Turing, NLP Turing. And, uh, you know, you can use uh, n-grams when you're, you're uh, uh, doing your NLP pattern matching. And n-grams are basically how many words at a time are, are combined so that you don't lose your context. Uh, uh, you know, like, for example, if you're looking for Bear Lake and if you're doing an n-gram, then Bear Lake would uh, be higher ranked than just Bear and Lake separately. And so uh, you'd have your weighted matrices and occurrences uh, inverse document, inverse frequency, term, term frequency. And, uh, and, th and that matrice uh, would give you better precision if you used n-gram. So uh, n-gram is definitely important. Uh, make sure you normalize the data. And then uh, you can feed that into a neural net. So you then take your uh, sentence size, determine what the max sentence size is and then that becomes the matrices size uh, array size that you're going to be feeding into the network and so you, you possibly you'd have to do one one scan over the network see what the maximum sentence size is and then it uh, you, you end up uh, uh, sequencing and then padding uh, padding your your uh, your numbers and then they feed into the neural net, and uh, you can then uh, make predictions on labels, you know, uh, what the possible label outcomes are. So those are uh, some ways that I've used neural nets to understand data, um, and they've done pretty good. I mean, I, I did it against Trump's tweets, and, and I was pretty impressed that, you know, you could find a pretty pretty good on associating uh, different content back that, that uh, um, they found similarities in the, in the words. And those are powerful features for understanding content because um, maybe you have some sort of lexical parsing that you know you're, you could apply to, to free text to documents. So, for example, let's say you've got legal documentation, and uh, and then you want to analyze the the text. Um, could you then uh, put it in some sort of lexical parser, and then it would evaluate uh, based on cer certain rules, uh, terms of the contracts, and then draw meaning out of it. I'm not sure if that would be a good approach or not. Um, maybe another approach would be to do some comparative analysis, like you feed all the contracts into a neural net, and then it looks for anomalies in the data. So it's looking for it's looking at for standard. You know, it it it, it can converge on any functions that exist in the data, and so maybe the, some of the anomalies in the data would appear, so you could use it for anomaly research. So things that are kind of out of the ordinary that might bring attention to 
decision makers. You know, in the world of AI, it's it's interesting. There's going to be some results that are going to be very strange, uh, and then there's others that are going to be very uh, accurate. And but see the the thing with like reinforcement learning is it's going to try lots of different combinations and through each generation of attempts it's going to improve and so things that it couldn't do originally it will learn how to do and so that reinforcement learning is really powerful um, and so they use this reinforcement learning and playing games but you could also apply it to making decisions. So you could try, uh, uh, you know, having it learn on decisions that business, previous business decisions that have been made. And if you can, you can get that in the data on on uh, all the conditions that drove that decision, then you could put uh, the reinforcement learning into the same scenario with those variables and see if it could adjust uh, to those conditions. So the, the, some ways, things like uh, instrumental control, you know, uh, where things are variable. But also, let's say the goal is comfort and cost. Those are the two goals. And so the policies are to adjust the temperatures, maybe the, the reinforcement learning, uh, turns down the temperature at night and turns it up in the early mornings and in the afternoons it uh, it turns down the temperature and then when the house is vacant um, maybe it, it it lowers the temperature and as it calculates the people are returning back home it gradually starts to uh, raise the temperature so the house is comfortable for the occupants so you're meeting the sat uh, rules of satisfaction but at the same time, maybe you're getting a lower energy cost because of the reinforcement learning. Um, I think in the area of engine design too, you know, you look at the uh, history of internal combustion engines and uh, electronic fuel ignition and the engineering that was required to, to build um, uh, vehicles that run on electric fuel ignition that are mixing the, changing the amount of air uh, to uh, fuel combustion. And the requirements are gonna be uh, coming down harder on, on the uh, car manufacturers to produce higher efficiency vehicles while not compromising power. So you're gonna either see lighter materials that are stronger, more usage of nano materials. Uh, maybe carbon fiber will be used more in car manufacturing. And uh, so you've seen that carbon fiber in race cars to lower the weight, but uh, it may become more popular uh, for manufactured cars. Obviously the cars that are built right now won't have them, but uh, as, you know, as uh, stronger government regulations are hitting, the manufacturers will begin to innovate and push for uh, production lines that are more efficient. And so 
new mod new new ways to improve efficiency in the engine are going to be required and so i would be interesting to see if there has been some application of reinforcement learning uh, with the fuel mixture and combustion and maybe you know you know we look at the spark plug and how successful it has been to ignite fuel uh, you know it's a little bit different uh, with high compression India engines like diesel engines but they they still uh, the spark plug still uh, it, it uh, um, amazingly has withstood the test of time as a, as a great design and but could there be a new new uh, innovations in that combustion of fuel well I'm also interested to see uh, about nuclear if the you know if the increased number of cars has caused a, more of a demand for nuclear energy and uh, you know is there a boom in energy production right now so those are some thoughts I have um, also Aggregation, going to aggregation of data. Uh, you know, you can use the group by in pandas to aggregate data, but you can also uh, do aggregation in terms of as frequency. So uh, you can you can skip the business days. You can I mean you can do everything in terms of business days or calendar year, and so business days you would exclude. Uh, Saturday and Sunday as days of operation and so you would have uh, you would have that uh, uh, that factor so um, that's one of the things I've been thinking about is you know do rental companies do they charge you on uh, business days or do they charge on the days that the equipment was leased out and if I recall, whenever I've rented equipment, if I have it over the weekend, I still pay, I still pay for it, whether I'm, you know, uh, working on the project or not. And um, so, I've got to research uh, utilization again a little bit better. Um, don't quite understand some variance in that area. Well. Looks like we've uh, arrived at destination. Just some random thoughts I've had this morning. And uh, if you're you're new to Python, uh, just download it. It runs on Unix machines or um, Windows. And you know, just write a hello world. Get up and running, and then start writing some functions, and then you know, build a decorator. Lots of uh, uh, fun things to do. Build a class, you know. Build some methods. Uh, set up your init. Uh, learn how to do your variables using self, and uh, understand local variables versus global variables, and uh, and uh, learn how to call a function inside of a class. I think it's really important that you learn how to work with classes and don't get intimidated by Python classes because uh, they, they offer you the ability to kind of wrap your data uh, or your functions into 
a class and then reuse that class as a module. And you're, you're going to want to do that as you get uh, heavier into your Python coding and get more efficient that way. Okay, until tomorrow, happy coding and uh, uh, make some money because that's the key to this is it's not just a hobby, but you're working to build the skill sets to get a job.